0: So we continue uh, discussing the, the the salat. So we got all the way to the sajda and, uh, and uh, discussed quite a few issues with regards to that. Um, then we continue uh uh Fatajis Ufatuthni Rijlakal Yusra Fijuusika Bainis Sajdatini Wutun Sibal Yumna uhuni Asabiha Ilal Ardi Watarfa'o Yadeka Anil Ardi Alarukbat Tubmatas Judu Thaniatan uhaniata kamafa alta awalan. So Haj ahmed was here last week and we covered this already, but like nobody else was here. So just a quick summary is what? That there are two sunnah ways of sitting when you sit in the prayer. The first one is called iftirash, uh, uh, which means what? That you sp- your left foot, you spread it uh, perpendicular to the Qibla direction. You guys remember the right hand rule? So this is left hand rule. So you spread it perpendicular to the Qibla direction and uh, um, and then you sit on it. You sit on your left foot. And then your right foot, you post it with, the, uh, with, uh, w- with the, uh, the sole of the foot vertical and the toes curled facing the direction of the qibla. And then the other sunnah way of sitting in the salat is what? Is what they call tawarruk. And uh, tawarruk means to sit on your backside. That you basically, the iftirash, if it's like this, the tabarok is you kick your the the foot that you would be sitting on your left foot, just kick it forward a little bit, and then actually sit on the left side of your backside, and uh, um, the 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 foot kind of sneaks through, and still the the toes face the qibla. Both feet, the toes should be facing the qibla. Uh, and then we made a demonstration of it last time. If anyone wants uh, wants any uh, uh, you know further clarification or to see how it's done, or if they're doing it right or whatever, after the class, I'd be happy to take a look and like out with that. But the Ulama have a difference of opinion with regards to which sitting is preferred. And so the Malikis, their preference is that every single sitting of the Salat should be tawaruk. Um This is because of the, uh, the Amal of uh, the Fuqaha of Medina. And also uh, the muhaddithun like Ibn Abd al Bar, they mention that this is what the Prophet Wasallam did in his last part of his life. And it's easier to sit like that. Many people whose uh, limbs are not flexible, for them it's. We'll find more people like people with knee problems and things like that. They're, they're able to sit tawarruk that are not able to sit iftirash. Um, and uh, you know the the however the first the first uh, practice of the Messenger of Allah <laughs> was iftirash. And so you see both of them are transmitted but the iftirash is transmitted like for example through a narrator like Wa'id bin Hujr who accepted Islam relatively early on in the Nabi's uh, 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 prophethood. And then he went to his people and made da'wah to them and they accepted Islam at his hands and he taught them how to pray. Um, and so he's also the one who transmits, for example, the al Yadain to raise your hands so many times in the prayer, which is something that it's theorized that later on in the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu life, Trust. he only did once in the beginning of the prayer, and he didn't continue with the rest of the times. Now, why is it, for example, I mean, Sheikh Musa can talk, answer this question, although I'd be more than happy to answer it as well on behalf of the Hanafi school. Why is it that they leave the al Yadain from Wa'il bin Hujr, they, but they take the iftirash? Right, and so it has to do with what it has to do the, with the idea that 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 the 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 practice of raising your hands so many times in the prayer is curtailed because of a development in the prayer that the 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 commandment of the Quran comes down قانتين, uh, that stand in front of Allah Taala in a state of Qunut Qunut means obedience it means stillness it means silence it has all of these meanings so because of that when that came down a number of the movements of the prayer are abrogated or at least that's the theory um, and I, I, to me it makes sense but the fuqah have a difference of opinion with regards to that. Uh, so for that reason they leave the Rafa Yadain out of the prayer and the Malikis also leave the Rafa Yadain for that and as well on top of that, that the transmitted practice of the Khulafa Rashidun is that you only raise your hands once at the beginning of the prayer even though the Hadith are correct, they're transmitted correctly from the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu that he used to raise his hands so many times in the prayer. But the, the, the reason is different. Whereas the reason for for sitting uh, 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 tawarruk, according to the Hanafis, is because the Messenger of Allah وسلم, became older and it was easier for him to sit that way. So it's not seen by the Hanafis as a progression in the the way the prayer is prayed, rather a human a human, uh, a human uh, uh, need for the Messenger of Allah وسلم, to sit like that, or at least to show people when they become older like how they can how they can pray. And obviously the Khulafa Rashidun, if they're going to be leading the prayer, they're all going to be like advanced in their years when they, when they lead the Salat in Medina. Uh, and so uh, that's what the Hanafis say, the Malikis say, no, this is the last, the last uh, uh, practice of the messenger of Allah, so for that reason, it's, it's superior to the, the one before, but I hope you can appreciate how, and I'll let, I mean, I, I'm sorry, I'm like talking on on, on Shaykh's behalf, inshallah, I'll let him like clean up the mess that I made. But the, uh, um, you know, but you can see how these differences are not necessarily right or wrong. Or one person is like has a hadith and the other one doesn't have a hadith. Or like these kind of silly things that a lot of like people uh, um, think, like think, think that like the silly mistakes that the, they think the fuqaha make. The fuqaha knew all of these things. And the, 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 the pivot around which the understanding of the, the issue revolves is something deeper than that. It's more of a philosophical issue than, than knowing the Dalil or not knowing the
1: Dalil.
0: <laughs> we have, mashallah, we're honored and graced by the presence of the Little Girl Mafia. Um, they are very, uh, uh, they're a very powerful mafia in this masjid. And uh, as long as they pray when the salat time is there, as long as they pray, pray the farth, I'm more than happy to like, make concessions to their, to their strong arming tactics. No, man. I'm all good. Like I said, hey uh, 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 Fatima, Zaina. and who's it KK. The three of you have to pray when it's time to pray. OK? okay. Will you pray? Yeah, Fatima, will you pray?. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. KK, okay, good. As long as you guys pray, that as long as you guys pray, we're cool you guys don't pray, then we're going to have, there's going to be, I don't want to like, you know, I might be shaheed in the masjid, you guys might have to take me out, so. Okay, we're all good. He said, no, 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 it's not mean, it's not mean. I'm just happy that you guys are praying, that's all. Then you will be from the earth as you are connected to uh, uh, so you get off okay, so when you when you you're in the second sajda, when you get up, what do you do? You put your hands, you use your hands to help you up off of the ground. And so first your knees leave the ground, then your hands leave the ground. First your head leaves the ground, then your knees leave the ground, then your hand leaves the ground, and then you stand up again for for your second raka'ah. This is again a difference of opinion, but I hogged the light before, so I'm going to let Sheikh Musa say the Hanafi way. But again, the difference is a very similar difference. It revolves around a very similar philosophical issue as to is the, the amal of the Prophet in his old age uh, uh, considered to be what should replace the amal in his younger age? Or is it something that happened because old age and what he did in his younger age is the normal prayer?
1: In the Hanafi school, you descend touching the knees first and the hands and the nose and the forehead. And when you rise, it's the other way around, raising your forehead and your nose and your hands and your knees.
0: Yeah. So, by the way, that's really not easy. It's hard. It requires having like good, like, like you know, some developed musculature that's not common in people unless they, they've been doing that for a while. Very few people have the balance to be able to stand up without using their hands to get off the ground or to be able to land their knees on the ground without sm- like smashing them into the ground uh, 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 before their, their hands touch the floor. And so it's good to know these things because even if you are like someone is listening at home or someone is here in the, in the majlis and they're a Hanafi, right? Um, no, both of the practices are a Sunnah, and to my knowledge, it's not makru to do the other practice. It's just a matter of which one is preferable. Um, and so, like, for example, I had, I had an uncle. Um, people are fun. F- they're fun people. Like, you know, he didn't really listen to the ulama and a whole lot of things. But there was a, sub- a number of issues the Hanafi Madhab he really stuck to, like, religiously without really understanding why. So one of the things is when he would go down for sajda, he'd let his knees hit the ground first. Which is fine, except for they would hit the ground really hard. Like, it would be like, bam, like, you could hear it, you know? And, like, dude, you're 70-whatever years old, and you're not in good health. This cannot be good for your knees, but for some reason, this is deemed to him. You know what I mean? And, like, I get the fact it's the fatwa of the Hanafi. I I honor, I respect that. I respect that a lot. But, like, even the Hanafi muftis will not say that this is, like, at the expense of your, like, whatever, joint mobility and things like that. Like, you know, this is not... This is not the Alamo you want to die, die at, you know. Be the Davy Crockett of Fiqh. And like, this is not the, this is not the thing you want to, you know, you want to you give it up for. One of the reasons that for studying Fiqh is to understand everything in the Deen is important. Everything in the Deen is important. But some things are more important than others. So instead of like, you know, making your like last stand about like the way the Sunnahs of Maghrib should be prayed or whatever. Maybe like, you know, halal, haram issue or aqidah issue is more worth your, your investment. Wallahu alam.
1: And again, all the proofs are there, and remember the books of fiqh, they were recorded before the hadith, right? And um, the fiqh, they didn't always, um, they actually represented hadith because it was kind of unheard of at that point that these ulama would say something that wasn't grounded in the sunnah of the Prophet So that was already kind of understood. So when people say where's the hadith, that's just a book of fiqh. Well, the Book of Fiqh is actually a representative of the hadith. It's just an indirect representation of the hadith. Otherwise, it's all here.
0: But that, this isn't the place for that. That's deep what he just said. Because yeah. like, people are like, oh, look, the uh, so-and-so madhab, their proof is from Bukhari, and the other proof is from Abu Dawud. And I'm like, ah, the imam who gave that fatwa, like died like 100 years before like Bukhari was born and like 150 years before Abu Dawud was born. Abu Dawud, the Sunnah, the Sunan Abu Dawud, literally Abu Dawud gathered them together in order to what? Mm-hmm. Show the Delial of the, the four Madhavs. So
1: That's the reason for right. the
0: book even being compiled in the first place. You know, so so,
1: Something could have reached Imam Bukhari in a state that it was more sound than another Hadith that reached Abu Hanifa. But when it reached Abu Hanifa, it was, it was extremely sound. But by the time it reached another generation or two, it became weak. So it wasn't included Right, that didn't mean that there wasn't a hadith Or that wasn't, or it gets a, another Maybe narrator was isn't as, as strong Or meet the criteria even Bukhari or Muslim So they didn't include it but Abu Dawood did It was still sound but maybe not as sound because Their chain was maybe weaker in comparison to another hadith in Bukhari But that same hadith maybe when it reached Abu Hanifa Or Imam Malik Was at a level of strength And it only got weaker later So understanding, you know, chronology, chronology is important of, of the timelines when these ulama lived. But otherwise have,
0: again it's all here. It's all here. We have people, we have people in the masjid they will be like, "Look, show for the hadith in Bukhari and they like they make a big deal out of it and like, do you know what the shortest chain of narration that Bukhari has to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi
1: wasallam?
0: thulathiyat three, nar- three narrators in the middle. What's the shortest chain of narration that al has to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi One. Malik Two, so which is again not to like you know imam bukhari al al you know like he's he's uh, imam of this uh, science and he's an imam of this ummah and uh, you know his maqam allah ta'ala gave him a great maqam uh, you know by by preserving the hadith of the prophet through awesome. his through his book and through the other books of the muhaddithin but bukhari is not the quran Um, and you know this is something I think people should think about like we sh- we don't say these things from the mimbar like for d- the Jummah khutbah because the awam take these things the wrong way they take it as like you're denigrating we're not denigrating Sahih Bukhari like for God's sake like you know I left you know we went to weird places to go and read these books now mashallah you can read them in America like in those days there was no one to teach them we, we did a lot for them we value them a lot um, but uh, at the same time you know um, tell me something, if a hadith of the Prophet ﷺ is in Bukhari or a hadith of the Prophet ﷺ is in, in, in Abu Dawud or Chirmidhi, right? which one is which one is more valuable? The knee-jerk reaction of the awam is to say Bukhari. But the value of the hadith, is it because of Bukhari or is it because of Abu Dawud or is it because of the Messenger of Allah? ﷺ? It's the hadith of the same Prophet in all of them. So if the hadith is sahih, then a person afterward shouldn't mention these things. I mean the awam do it and we just kinda of let it slide and don't react with it because they don't know what they're talking about. But in the circle of, of Ilm, it's 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 a it's not a good thing to say that. It's not a good thing to 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 talk that way because it's as if you're elevating the muhaddithun over the messenger of Allah sallallahu uh, wa So there's another issue he mentions, he negates something they call the jalsatul istiraha. So in the first and third raka first and third of rak- a four raqah prayer. And in the first raka'ah of a two or three raka'ah prayer, um, there is something that, that's known as the Jalsatul Istiraha, which is that before you get up, you just pause for a second while sitting. And it's recorded that the Prophet ﷺ awesome. did that. Now, a hadith is a single-chain narration of something that happened one time. And... Uh, the shafiis and many of the athari ulama they consider because that hadith is there that this jalsatul istiraha is is uh, a sunnah whereas malik and abu hanifa they said it's not a sunnah it's just he did it one time sallallahu alaihi wa sallam awesome. and the tawil or the tawjih that 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 i heard from the fuqaha is that it's a way if a person does, doesn't recall right away whether it's the first or third rak'ah or second or fourth That they can just pause for a moment and know what it is. But it's not the practice. It wasn't the practice that was there in Medina. It wasn't the practice that there was there in Kufa. And it's not widely narrated, although it is correctly narrated. So what does that mean? Widely narrated is indicative of something being uh, the common practice of the Messenger of Allah. Correctly narrated means that it happened one time at least. But if no one else narrates it afterward, it, it, you know, the question comes in a person's mind, is this, is this was this the way that the Prophet ﷺ pra- prayed every single time? And uh, um, the, the way that the, way that the, the fuqaha of Ahlul Nadar, the Malikis, the Usuli madhabs, madhabs, Malik, Malikis and Hanafis, they would verify this, is is this the practice that, that they saw the majority of the, the, the Sahaba tabi'een doing? And if the answer is no, that they didn't see it in practice, then they assume that this is a one-off thing. It's not. It's not a common thing. Obviously, again, these are two f- different philosophical approaches to to the sharia. So we respect the other opinion, but uh, you know, then they also should respect back and not come with the war hammer and be like, "Look, you're leaving the Sunnah, right?" And it's funny because this particular, amongst a number of other, amongst a number of other masail, as an imam in a masjid, I've like, I've taken it for this. Like, there's a there's a. a an auntie on on the board of one of the masjids I was imam in and she kept hammering this issue again and again and I'm like look it's a difference of opinion I don't consider it to be the sunnah and you know many of the great imams of fiqh and hadith didn't consider it to be a sunnah no you have to do it it's in Sahih Bukhari you have to do it it's in Sahih Bukhari when such a person is on the board of the masjid then as an imam it's very difficult it makes your life very difficult so either you can then like jerry-rig your deen in order to like keep your employment which is the dictionary definition of being a sellout um, or, uh, you know, you can be like, well, I'm not going to be imam in a masjid ever again, you know, which is, you know, kind of like the feeling that, that that I got. It's not just, it's not, there's so many Masail in the in the sharia that are like that. And so that's the benefit of having a body of people that this knowledge is retained with, right? So you guys may not, you know, uh, consider yourself as being ulama and mashaykh. I don't consider myself as being alim or a shaykh either. What, what are we here for? We're here to make mudhakara or to talk about the or the sharia, so that the, the mention of these things stays alive. So if, uh, uh, if, you know, somebody has a question about it, you'd be like, yeah, we sat and we read about this one time. And the, the, the issue is deeper than what you're saying. It's not just like, oh, look, Bukhari, no Bukhari, and then that's it. You know, like you're going to cut the person's head off. So uh, 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 he, he, because he's a Maliki in the Maliki madhab, the amal is not on that. The Jalsatul Istiraha wasn't sat by the Mashayikh of the Tabi'een. Um, and because of that, he negates, he negates it He says that you just get straight up off the ground It's permissible to stop If you need like a moment to collect yourself Like if you're weak Or, uh, you know, it's difficult Or if you need to think about like Is this, you know, which raka'ah am I in So it's permissible But it's not the regular sunnah And my understanding is also The Hanafis don't consider it like that either, right? Correct yeah.
1: And the fuqaha, they have like a, an approach to their rulings That are both aqli and naqli so they will look at text. They don't just rely on logic. But one of the interesting logist- logistical points that was made was right? that prayer was not made to rest. It's not a place where you're supposed to be resting. So even the very nature of, <laughs> of jalsatul istiraha is a not it It's kind of irrational for the, for the prayer itself. So that was uh, the, in addition to the, uh, the textual evidence given by that it was just one time, it wasn't an uh, in established practice. It's also something that wasn't consistent with the nature of the very prayer itself, which is not
0: to like rest. <laughs> uh, uh, so this is another mention he sa- thing he mentions uh, again and again, which is that the, what they call the takbirat al-intiqal, the takbirat that you say to move from one position of the prayer to the other. Um, The fatwa of the madhab is that a person should stretch them out for the amount of time that it takes to actually do the movement. And so what happens is, like for example, if you're getting out of sajda from the moment you take your forehead off the ground, you should say Allahu Akbar, you stretch it out till the point where you stand up. This is a general rule. There's some exceptions to this in the Maliki school at any rate, and I don't know if there are exceptions or not in the Hanafi school, Shaykh can tell you about that as well. But he mentioned that here as well. and so. A couple of funny things happen in real life. One is that you'll see people who like like take a khutbah workshop or whatever and they'll lead the prayer. And they'll unnecessarily stretch out their takbirat like when they're getting from going from sajda just to sit or whatever. The reason for the long Allahu Akbar is not so that you know so that like you know like Imam Michael Jackson can really work it you know. That's not the point of it. The point is, the point is, is what is that. Even from moving from one position to the other, it's an act of worship, and so the dhikr of Allah should make muqarana It should be done at the same time with the, with the, uh, with the movement. Although uh, our mashayikh in Mauritania, they said, and I haven't read this in text, but they said that it's also a, uh, it's also an opinion of the school that a person should just say the Allahu Akbar like quickly and however much time it takes to do the motion from one to the other. So that's that's uh, 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 that's. One, uh, one thing. The other funny thing that happens is what many imams will do the movement first, and then they'll lean into the mic and say, "Allahu Akbar." The, the hikmah of that is what is that the imams are oftentimes they don't want people to get ahead of them, you know? Uh, um, which is important. It's, there's different opinions as to whether or not your movements should be in, synchron, in synchrony with the uh, synchronization with the imam, or should they lag, how much should they lag? But nobody says that the the muqtadi, the, the 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 follower, should be ahead of the imam ever. To get ahead of the imam is really bad. So oftentimes I'll see this, that the imams will do that. Like they'll actually do the entire motion and then they'll say the, the takbir. Wallahu alam, even if rationally it seems like, the, like I understand why they're doing it, I've not read in any book of fiqh that that's, the, that's how you should say the takbirat. Rather, all of the things I've read in in the Shafi'i school and in the uh, Maliki school and what I heard from our Hanafi mashaykh is that the takbir should should stretch while you're, while you're making the movement. And different people make movements with different amount of quickness. Like, you know, like I've gotten complaints from like some of the uh, kind of elders, uh, um, you know, that you move too quickly in the salat. And then I'm like, uh, old people. And then like I got my, my leg got injured and then I'm like, man, this imam is so fast. <laughs> so, <laughs> You know, this is a convenient way if you do the motion and then afterward you say the takbir. It's a convenient way to just like you know, uh, whatever, get through that. But Wallahu A'lam, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know like if there's a wajah in the book, books of fiqh to explain that.
1: Yeah, there's, that's also in, our, in the Hanafi school. You should, the Imam should elongate the takbir from the moment he moves until he reaches the destination of the other posture. Yeah. yeah. There's a hadith in Sunan um, Ibn Taymiyyah, rahimahullah. I don't recall it exactly, but I remember my teacher who was commentating on it when he did the hadith mentioned um this is the hadith why the imam should also elongate the takbir in between Mm. and um so that they also give some indication to the followers of where they're at
0: but yeah um, i could find it if you guys i mean which is a good point right because if it's a longer takbir it means that someone's like getting up from the prayer versus like moving from sajda to Because this happens, like, it's interesting, you know? It's very interesting. A lot of things are very interesting. Since we never get into the classroom, except for pious people like yourselves, um, and we just, like, learn Dean from, like, squawkers on social media, like, a lot of these things don't get discussed properly. One of the common uh, allegations or complaints against the Fuqaha is, oh, look, these ulama are so stupid. If it was up to them, you know, they they would still be saying that the microphones are haram, you know? And, uh, um, like... Simple like caricature, like you just said it and khalas, it's done, right? And it's it's funny, it's funny, right? So let's look at this from a point of view of of ilm and deen, okay? Don't say what's practical because one man's practical is not practical for another person. Right? Swimming is practical for a fish and flying is practical for a bird. You know, if the two of them have to get together, they're not they're going to have an irreconcilable difference. So, if we all agree that the, 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 the deen is like to be based on wahi, on revelation, and on the sunnah of the Prophet which is also a form of revelation, then, then if the Prophet just at face value, without looking at any other issue, at face value, Okay, if the Prophet is known Muslim to everybody that he never used a microphone and speakers. Okay, what would you prefer? What would you say as a, a scholar of the law on face value is the preferable way to say your salat? No mic, hmm? no mic, I guess. No mic right? Because they didn't do it that way. No. Now to mock that, it would be like me saying like, oh look, I follow the Hanafi position, the Shafis follow the Hadith of Bukhari, you guys are so stupid. Like, you wouldn't say that, why? Because at the end of the day, the intention is what? That they're following the Hadith of the Prophet sallallahu Now, this idea that the ulama somehow were so stupid and they, they, they you know said that the microphone is haram and blah, blah, blah. And then somehow the people bullied them into like accepting it and now they all accept it. This is a dumb idea, it's not how fiqh works. Trust me, if the ulama considers something to be a haram, right, uh, uh, you know, Japan and China will start speaking German, but like we're, we're you know, the Fukaha are not going to change. You know, This is something, this has been tried and tried again and again in the, in the history of the Ummah. It's the same reason that India has a lot of Muslims and nobody follows the deen elāhi. This is the same reason why like, Egyptians haven't all turned into Ismailis. This is the same reason for what? Why the Fuqaha will not change. The entire world will change, the Fuqaha will not change unless you present them with a proper Dalil. This is the reason why Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal didn't become Mu'tazili. They don't care about what other people say. If it's the Deen, it's the Deen. So yes, there, are, there were Fuqaha who said that yes, it's okay. But still, even the ones, the serious scholars that say that it's okay to, to, you know, hear the prayer and the recitation and the khutbah through the mic and things like that. Still, it's still a legal, it's still legally sound to say that the preference is not to have the mic. How sound is it? I'll tell you how sound it is. At my madrasa, I used to study in, right? There were 700 students. The uh, uh, bayans, all the, the khutbahs and the, 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 the lectures, they were all on the mic. When it came time for the salat, they turned the mic off. That's the madrasa, the tablii ijtman, raywin. Okay, fine, whether, whatever your you know, uh, how experience on 40 days was or wasn't, put that to the side for a second. It is literally a larger congregation than they have in the Masjid al-Haram. They pray the entire salat without a mic. Now tell me if they can do that, can somebody complain about practicality afterward? No. Then there's an issue of preferability and preference and things like that. The fuqaha have given fatwa that, 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 that there are two opinions. And the preponderant opinion is what? Is that it's allowed to do it, and that's fine, you know. But to like so- somehow like fake make up a big thing as if the the ulama din are stupid and like just someone came and like wrote a post on Facebook afterward and and smart, some, you know straightened them all out. This is this type of like and like bad opinion about uh, the people of knowledge and about our forefathers. This is it, it's just like colonial propaganda, like as if like you know just someone sitting in Germany invest, invented something or someone sitting in America invented something and everyone in India and everyone in Arabia is an idiot and like. You know, if you feel that way about yourselves and about your, your, your forefathers and we feel that way about ourselves and our forefathers, then our problems are like far deeper than just like fiqh issues. But, uh, uh, you know, that's something because it, was, because it was mentioned. The salat used to be just fine. Even to this day, why is it that they have the mukabbir repeat, the, the takbirat in the haram sharif? Even though they have, even though they have the, the uh, um, microphone, they have the best sound system in the whole Muslim world. Literally the sound system is so loud, I've prayed in front of the speakers on the roof before. When the when the sound is coming from you can feel it's it's a wind that like hits you and when this mic stops the, the wind stops. That's how powerful the, the microphone is. And you've all heard it before, it literally echoes in the valley that Makkah Karama sits in. But still they have the muqabir repeat the takbirat. Why? Because they're stupid as well? Billah? No. Because this is the way that the Salat has been prayed in all of these places for, for fourteen hundred years. And they're loath to change that. So even though everyone can hear the imam say, Samayallahu wa you'll have the mu'adhan, like, work it, you know, with the Rabbana walaka al-hamdan. He's like a real fancy voice and all of that other stuff. You'll hear that. Why? Because they don't, they're loath to change the way that, that, that they pray, you know, from the, the way that our forefathers prayed. And it's not because we're racist that we want to pray like our forefathers did, but because our forefathers were the Ahlullah. They're the, they're the most beloved of people to Allah Ta'ala. They're the best of Allah's creation after his prophets and the best of Allah Ta'ala's prophets, alayhi salatu You know, So like, you know, something to think about. Shaykh, uh, anything to add? Oh, yeah. Um, so, ثُمَّ تَقْرَأُ كَمَا قَرَأَتَ فِي الْأُولَىٰ duna ذَلِكَ So the second raka'ah, when you recite the Fatiha and you recite the Surah afterward, it's a sunnah that that the recitation after the Fatiha be as long as the recitation after the Fatiha in the first rak'ah or shorter. It shouldn't be longer. It should be as long or shorter. This isn't a, it's a, this is another sunnah is that like uh, not in the fiqhi sense but in the like just in the general sense is another sunnah that you should recite from the mushaf in tartib. So the surahs are in order, the ayat are in order. So what you recite in the first raka'ah, if you recite Surah Al-Baqarah in the first raka'ah, then you should recite Surah Al-Imran in the second. You shouldn't recite Al-Imran in the first and Baqarah in the second. Why, because there's an order. There's an order of recitation. There's an order of revelation, which is different, and then there's a, an order of, of, of recitation. So a person should recite in the Salat in the order of recitation. Now what happens if the Imam recites the second raka'ah longer than the first? Or if he recites out of order of recitation? Nothing. There's no such as sahu, nothing. It's a, it's a, one of the lighter sunnahs, but it's from the adab of the sal- salat, it's from the mustahabbat, the recommended acts of the salat that a person should recite, uh, uh, recite in, in the order of recitation.
1: Same in
0: Hanafi school. Oh. For both farz and, and sunnah, yes. So everything he says, everything else thereafter. Because in the beginning of the chapter, some of us were here, some of us weren't. He's describing how you pray the the subah prayer, the fajr prayer, and then afterward he'll show, like he'll talk about the variations between different things. He said the second rakah, most of it will unfold just like the second, the first one did in terms of ruku, getting up, sajdah, uh, sitting between the sajdahs, etc. Except for if it's the if it's the fajr time, if it's the subh time, then. Uh, 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 you make ruku, you qunut after the ruku. He says that if you, you make qunut after the ruku. And if you wish to, you can make the qunut before the ruku. This is Ibn Abi Zayd. He writes this generally in, in the books of fiqh, the opinions when they're mentioned in order, the first one is the preferred one. But in this case, the madhab is against Ibn Abi Zayd. Ibn Abi Zayd says that the, you know, he indicates his preference for the ruku after the. After the uh, for the Qunut after the Ruku' in Fajr um, But the The, the madhab the Fatwa is that it's before But it's a mild preference Both of them are transmitted from the Messenger of Allah It's a mild preference And one of the reasons for the preference is also Something that's A, a, a rational uh, It's a rational point that if both of them seem to be similar In their In, in the, the 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 proof that they, they receive From the Sharia um, Then the preference goes to before the ruku. Or if not for any other reason, then it lengthens the the time of the ruku so that a straggler can still catch the the raka, if it's before the the ruku. Um, now. The Qunut is like one of those world war issues in, 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 in amongst the fuqaha. Generally, you'll have like three madhabs in one or two and two, like, you know, on, on a difference of opinion. This one, it seems like every madhab has a different opinion about how the Qunut should be recited. But the Maliki, Maliki school is that the Qunut should be in Fajr. Before um, Ruku. And it should be before the Ruku, but it's valid after the Ruku. And it should be silent. Hands should not be raised. There's no amins out loud, etc. And um, the, you know, what's the, what's, what's, some of the reason for that? Because you may have seen the other, the other practices as well. Uh, uh, one of the delils for it being silent, the preference for it being silent is what? Is the same ayah, the that, that if it's narrated that it was silent as well, then a person should, uh, then a person should prefer the silence over sound. You know. This is, a, this is actually, I've heard this from a number of Shafi'i Fuqaha as well. They say that the hands where you put the hands in the prayer, they say that Imam shafii sees no, no superiority of tying the hands versus leaving the hands at the side, except for what if your hands are tied, there's less movement because they're fixed in place, whereas if they're dangling, they, they move a little bit more, which is a complete, again, because of waqumu lillahi qanitin. It's a completely rational preference uh, 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 in that sense. Um, uh, if you look at it in, just in that, in that, in that scope. So, uh, so yeah, this is one of those things and Sheikh Musa will tell you something very interesting that many of you may have known or may not have known from before. Um, but uh, the, in the Maliki fiqh, the Qunut is after the recitation. In the second rakah a Fajr. Uh, and it's said preferably silently. Uh, um, and, and it's preferred to be before the Ruku, although it's still okay after.
1: The Hanafi school, we don't have the Qunut in Fajr. We have it in Salat al right? Except? The Nazila, right? Qunut nazila right. Yeah. Then, in which case, it could be
0: after any prayer. But it's preferred to be after Fajr, isn't it? Um, I don't know. Mufti al Rahman, the thing is, that's just the hearsay until we look in the books, but Mufti al Rahman, he told me, he said that it's, it's preferred, preferred after, after Fajr, and then afterward, uh, if that's not sufficient, then they add it in Isha, and then Maghrib, and then all the all the prayers. If, but again, that's something to look up, not to take on. What's
1: uh, the point
0: of the Nazilah? So Nazilah is like when there's a when there's some, some uh, uh, calamity that comes down on the people. You know? So in the state of calamity, that for up to 40 days, they add this dua and the salat in order to seek the help of Allah Ta'ala. Um, and that one, Moana, it's, it's done out loud with the people raising their hands and saying, I mean, and all that right. other stuff, right? Right. Yeah. And is it um,
1: after the recitation or after the uh,
0: ruku? Yeah. Sheikh will tell you.
1: After the ruku. After the ruku. Right. And um, after the rukul, what, what, no? when, you, when you rise, before going into Sajjah and And we were actually made salat in and uh, Nazila when I was living in South Africa, studying and it was made in the Fajr prayer, so that could be like an Amal. I don't know. Again, I don't. We didn't do it for every prayer, but we did it in Fajr. So, that's consistent with? with what you were saying about Mufti Abil Rahman saying it should be in the Fajr. You did it for forty days. Uh, I it's really for forty
0: it. days, or until the, or until the calamity is mm-hmm. lifted. Right. Yeah.
1: There's been also people who've tried to do it now because of what's happening in every part of the world. But if that's the case, we should just do Qunut <laughs> an until Yawm Al-Qiyamah.
0: Allah, make it uh, easy. I mean, help
1: Allah help us, right? Allah, make it easy. Otherwise, it seems um, that it, sh- it it should be a little more uh, Focus. uh, focused on your area, you know, and um, uh, as opposed to some musibah or calamity taking place somewhere in the Ummah, which is not going to end until Qiyamah. <laughs> in any language, Arabic, English, any. Everything in the prayer should be in the Arabic language. Everything in the prayer itself should be in the Arabic language. So you want the khunut also? Absolutely, yes. If it's made in the prayer, it, it needs to be in Arabic. Yeah. Even the dua and sajda, all of these things where people, you know, they like to make sajda and their dua and their sajda, it should be in Arabic.
0: Do you have to do your like the
1: prescribed qunut, or can you add to it? Well, there's a, a preferred qunut in in the Witter, according to the Hanafi school. Um, as far as the qunut nezila, it can be a dua of in any particular order, right? So it could be lengthier, it could be shorter, but it could just be dua.
0: So in the in the Maliki school, the uh, um, there's only one qunut there's no separation between the regular qunut and qunut nazila um, and so there is the wording for the du'a of qunut is mustahsan meaning it's not considered to be it's not considered to be like a sunnah that you should say this like you know every single time but amongst the things that you can choose there are, there is a qunut which is preferred uh, uh, for like a, a lighter reason without having to you know go through like what the exact meaning of istihsan is but it's mustahsan Allah ma inni uh uh in na stainuka wa na stal firuka wa nu minubika wa nat na 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 tawakalu alaika wa nakfuruka alaikal kher nashkuru kawa na kforokawa nahla natruqhmayf juruk allahma ia kana abudu saliu nasjud waikana saa wa nahfid nardu rahmatakawa naqsha abaka in naadabaka will kefirin mulh and there's different slight variations in the wording in different transmissions of it. Um, but uh, um, This is actually One of the Shuruhat of Khalil Says that It's an opinion That these are two surahs Of the Quran That were mansouk Wallahu alam You know uh, uh, um, Allah knows best You know That's not like a Aqidah issue That's just You just take it Take it for what it is But uh, um, But But There's another There's another Widely Transmitted Qunut Allah uh, Mahdina Feeman Hade, waafina feeman afeit, wa tawalla na feman tawallait, wa baraklana feema aatait waqna uhrif anna sharrama qade fa in nakataqhdi wa lay qhda alayk f in nahulizuma date walaya villuma walate, tabarak ta' rabbana wa ta' alayt nastafama tubuila. Uh or you know, the wording may be up and down from there as well, but the the those are mustahsan according to the Fuqaha. Uh, 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 and then thereafter There's a preference for anything That's narrated for, in the sunnah Or comes in the book of Allah Ta'ala But a person in the Maliki school There's no tahdeed They can make du'a for whatever they want to Or whatever they need to Although uh, there's a sh- story about the, the, the qunut How it became a part of the salat And it's a longer story But it's a very interesting and important story It's relevant inshallah We'll talk about it next week inshallah Actually not next week Unless Sheikh Musa wanted to talk about it, I'll be in Norway next week uh, teaching at the Hawaii I received a, a, a an invitation to go there like six months before I, you know, like uh, even c- came here the first time, uh, like you know after after the Eid al-Fitr. So I have to go and fulfill that obligation. They bought the tickets a long time. I have to go fulfill that obligation. Inshallah, after the time changes, I think we're going to change the the, the 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 time of the